The one thing I would tell you, and I've learned this from experience over many years, is you don't want a realtor that's also going to compete with you on the same deal. So it's going to be important that you build the right relationship with them. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey, everybody. It's Sarah Larby. You are listening to Where Should I Invest? And today we're going to have a very special episode. I'm going to be sharing with you my thoughts on how you can be a successful real estate investor in 2023 and beyond. And I'm going to be sharing seven key insights on how you can do so. Before we do that, though, let's hear from Dahlia Barsoom at Streetwise Mortgages. Dahlia, over to you. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. Happy New Year. I wish you and your loved ones a joyful, healthy, and prosperous year ahead. Today, I want to share with you a harsh and Brutal truth. At the beginning of every year, many set new goals. So do real estate investors. They set new goals for their real estate investment journey and for their portfolios. A goal to finally buy their first investment property, or a goal to step into bigger asset classes like apartment buildings, or a goal to figure out how much cash flow is needed to quit their jobs and what strategy they're going to use to get there or a goal to take their real estate portfolio to the next level, or a goal to get their real estate financing in order. Then the freshness of the new year mood changes, life happens, the inviolable drift happens, and motivation is lost and another year goes by. Hey, it's not anyone's fault. In fact, it's actually part of the human condition and it's proven that humans suck at sticking with anything. Discipline and commitment through willpower will fail over time. So the big question is, how do you hack this? How do you hack this? And this is what I wanted to share with you today. I wanted to share with you some of the effective hacks that I've learned and I personally use to set and achieve goals. I've learned those over hundreds, if not thousands of invested hours and money in personal development and coaching, as well as working with many successful real estate investors who have not only achieved their goals, but surpassed their goals. And I've used these hacks to achieve two key goals in my life. One, uh, quitting my nine to five job back in 2011. And two, building Canada's leading income property financing enterprise, streetwise mortgages from the ground up. So. Let me share these hacks with you. Hack number one is when setting your goals, it is important to pause and deeply think about the why, the why behind the goal. A strong why will help you stay connected to that goal, emotionally connected, connected to the goal. It will help motivate you when things get rougher. And we know that success is not a straight line and you will encounter bumps and you will encounter challenges. So you're, if you're emotionally connected to the goal, that will help you find solutions and overcome the challenges and keep going. So instead of just writing down your real estate goals for the year, think about, A, are you going after these goals because someone else is doing it and you feel the pressure to do the same or you fear missing out or is it because you are truly connected emotionally to these goals and they matter emotionally to you and to your loved ones? 
It is also good to simplify and eliminate rather than add. Good to eliminate some goals and refocus your energy on what matters most. Stick with your top three goals that will help you move the needle this year. When it comes to setting and crystallizing goals, myself and my team have developed a proprietary process called the goals-based financing of investment properties. This coupled with the financing roadmap methodology will help you as an investor crystallize your real estate investment goals for the year, determine the number of properties needed to achieve these goals, and also map out the money sources as well as the money structures that will help you get there. Through this process, you will also find opportunities to save or stabilize your portfolio if you are experiencing high payments or if you have loans coming up for renewal or private mortgages that you need to exit. You want to launch into 2023 on a strong foundation. So to set up a complimentary goals-based financing planning session with my team, you can do so through our website at streetwisemortgages.com or email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Hack number two. One of my favorite quotes by James Clear, he is the author of Atomic Habits, is that you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. So putting a system and a process in place to help you stay on track and take action is needed to achieve the goals. And you can do this through many steps and daily and consistently. And that's what's going to get you there. For example, if you're looking to get into apartment buildings this year as a goal, first of all, you want to make sure that that goal is a smart goal. So you are setting up a specific, measurable, attainable, realistic goal, and you have a deadline for it. And then second, you want to break that goal into many goals. So join an investment group. Invest in apartment building, hire a coach who can guide you through the journey, identify sources to get access to deals, plan your finances, develop the skills that will help you raise money, determine who will be on your team to help you as your realtor and as your mortgage broker. Then for each of these many goals that support your bigger goal, make sure that you block non-negotiable time in your calendar ahead of time to make sure that during that time block, you're actually taking action that will help you deliver on these mini goals. So the keywords here are pre-schedule, non-negotiable, consistent mini actions. You need to remember that slow and consistent wins the race. So on the money front, pre-schedule two meetings, if not quarterly, with all of your key advisors for the year for proactive and strategic planning and also reviewing and making any adjustments as the year unfolds, as you make progress, and as your situation changes. This includes your accountant, your financial planner, your estate asset protection lawyer, insurance broker, and your mortgage broker. If you have not yet booked your annual and semi-annual complimentary planning session with my team, go ahead, do so as soon as possible at info at streetwisemortgages.com or through our website. The third half is your associations. 
who you surround yourself with matters. So surround yourself with other investors who are not only pursuing the goals you are pursuing, but also have achieved these goals. Find someone who shares the same goals and shares the same values as you, and you can both keep each other accountable. Accountability is a big determinant when it comes to achieving your goals and succeeding at that. There is no shortage out there of fantastic online and in-person investment clubs where you can meet like-minded investors and where being part of a tribe can give you momentum and accountability. And lastly, measure, review, and adjust. You cannot improve what you cannot measure. So do not get caught in the action and the doing only. Pause every month, pause every quarter, see how you did and where you need to make tweaks going forward. This is why we have a semi-annual portfolio review with all of our clients to revisit, adjust, and enhance how we're doing things where needed. So if you haven't booked yours, go ahead and book. I know there is a lot of negative news out there and 2023 is an uncertain year. Don't let the uncertainties of 2023, though, hold you back. Don't let that hold you back from making the progress you need to make towards what matters most to you and your loved ones. There is so much negative news out there. Mute the media. Yes, stay informed, but don't leave, let the fear and anxiety get to you. My team and myself are here. We are here to help you navigate. We are here to help guide you and help you manage risk and also help you prosper and make progress towards your goals in 2023. You can lean on us for guidance, for financing strategies and financing solutions that will enable, enable and support the achievements of the goals that you're setting for yourself in 20, 2023. I cannot wait to see what you will achieve this year. Go ahead, book your goals and financing strategy session with my team. We're happy to guide you and help you launch into this year on a strong foundation. You can do so at info at streetwisemortgages.com or through our website at streetwisemortgages.com. Awesome. Thank you, Dahlia. Very insightful. And guys, reach out to Dahlia. She was a huge key in helping me along the way with purchasing properties, refinances, and everything in between. So on that note, uh, let's start with our seven key insights to becoming a successful real estate investor. I wanted to do this solo episode because I haven't done one in a really long time. And also, I think there's a lot of people that are worried and scared out there. And so, you know, just to be able to reset, rethink, um, and just make the next best moves. And I came up with seven key insights I think are going to be very important for 2023. I mean, they're always very important, even prior, but even more so now as there's a lot of uncertainty, but at the very same time, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. So out of the seven key insights, the first one is building your expert team. I did not get to where I am today just by doing it by myself. It is going to be important that you hire and you find the right team members. So this includes a mortgage broker, not only that is going to help you for your next transaction, but somebody that can actually plan with you how you're going to purchase, finance, refinance your next few properties, 
based on your goals. Like if your goal is to have 5,000 or 10,000 of income per month, ideally they are able to help you scale because it's very easy um, for a mortgage broker to help you get your first property or your second property. But as you're scaling, it requires relationships with many more lenders. It'll likely require some relationships with private lenders, especially if you're buying some houses that need a lot of work. The banks may not even qualify you to finance that not because you don't qualify, but because the property itself could be a disaster. So work with a mortgage broker, you know, to start as an example, as you're building your team who has themselves investments, but has helped investors scale and, you know, ultimately understands how and the process of how you're going to get to your goals and can share that with you. Uh, other than a mortgage broker, I mean, it is very important to have a good real estate investing lawyer as part of your team, not necessarily just a real estate lawyer, but a real estate investing lawyer. I find, again, not just like mortgage brokers, they're not all made the same uh, and same thing with lawyers. But if you are planning on scaling and becoming successful and creating a business out of your real estate, think long term. That is going to be key. And you will likely need to have somebody that can not only help you with your purchases and your sales of your properties, but also like more complex things. So, for example, like if you are um, doing a vendor take back, a VTB, so you probably want a lawyer that knows how to do them and has done them before. If you're going to decide to joint venture down the road, you probably want a lawyer that has written and created joint venture agreements and have worked with them in the past. If you are thinking about um, using private money or money from somebody's RSP or tax-free savings account. Again, um, private money is, is a whole other skill set. You want to work with a lawyer that has the ability to help you maneuver through all of those things so that you're not having to replace your team along the way. Your realtors obviously are important. I like to, part of, part of my team is I actually like to have realtors by region. So I don't have the same realtors that help me with my cottages as my Hamilton properties, as an example, or I don't have, you know, if I'm looking for land, it's a different type of skill set. So match your realtors to location, but also if you're looking at like commercial or residential or land or all that stuff, it will likely require somebody that knows what they're doing in that specific field. So you might have a handful of realtors. It does help if they are also investors themselves. The one thing I would tell you, and I've learned this from experience over many years, is you don't want a realtor that's also going to compete with you on the same deal. So it's going to be important that you build the right relationship with them and that you trust them and that they are also able to give you the deals. And potentially it could be something that they would buy themselves, but that you trust them enough that they're going to give you the first right of refusal. And many of them that I've worked with have been amazing and do that. And sometimes you get, you know, caught off guard with somebody that essentially would potentially buy something rather than giving it to you. So just careful with that. Build your relationships with your realtors uh, and find the good ones that are trustworthy and, and work with integrity. Other than realtors, a paralegal is critical, especially if you're going to be holding these properties, which is essentially what I do. I rent them on the short-term, mid-term, and long-term market. So your paralegal should hopefully be well-versed in all of those categories because the long-term rental market is quite different than the mid-term market and the short-term market. And there are going to be things in each one to consider. But also a paralegal is good to have, even if you're going to be bouncing off ideas. Like think about, you know, if somebody, for example, breaks up and one person moves out, what's the best case scenario? Just like little things like that, that may not necessarily be um, something that you would, I don't know, like go to courts for, obviously. 
but you probably want to have that paralegal give you insights in order for you to be able to take the right measures and do the right things along the way so that you don't end up in the courts because the courts do take a lot more time, effort, money, and all that stuff. So if you can find the paralegal to have them on retainer as things come up in your real estate business from a landlord standpoint and a tenant standpoint, that you have somebody to run ideas, scenarios by before you get yourself into deep, deep, you know, problems. Um, so paralegal is definitely good to have an insurance broker. Um, I prefer to work with insurance brokers that have the ability to not only do your regular, you know, landlord insurance for buying holds, but also have the ability to provide you with, um, you know, construction insurance. Because when you're renovating, you're doing a builder's risk insurance, as an example. So it's a whole different type of insurance if you are renovating and you're not covered properly and your insurance, there's chances that they may not pay out if you didn't get the right insurance. Um, so definitely work with a, a good insurance broker. Um, you know, the other thing is many insurance brokers may not have the relationships to help you when you want to do short-term and midterm rentals, if that's also a strategy that you're combining for 2023 onwards, because ultimately there is more cash flow to be had in your short-term and midterm rentals versus long-term, especially today. So you'd probably want to have an insurance broker that can help you maneuver through all the different types of rents, short-term, mid-term, long-term, if you're renovating um, and all that good stuff in between and even for the refinances and whatnot. So you do want to have somebody that works for you that can essentially shop through various companies for what you need, uh, the time that you need it. So an insurance broker is going to be key. Um, if you are going to self-manage, that's cool. Um, if you are going to hire a property manager, you do want to have a good property manager that understands um, the area. And, you did, you know, again, there's a, a whole lot of them that are great out there and there's a whole lot of them that are not so good. So you'll learn you'll learn that uh, hopefully not the hard way, but uh, definitely get some references and referrals for property managers to get the right ones. Um, you know, aside from that, you've got your contractors, you've got your BCIN designers. Uh, those are likely going to be, you know, again, more local. Uh, you may have, you know, the same ones or you might have two or three on your team. Um, from a contractor standpoint, again, I've fired many contractors in my day. Um, you know, it took me a while to find the ones I have today. Um, but there are many great ones and there are many not so good ones. Uh, and there are many that don't understand investing. And so um, sometimes what I see happen a lot from when people are building their expert teams is they hire a contractor who has no idea about investments um, or they hire a contractor that's used to doing kitchens and bathrooms, but the next project is a conversion. Well, if you're hiring a contractor and they've never done a conversion before, it's a whole different ballgame. So just make sure that the contractor that you hire matches the project that you need. Um, that's going to be very important and that they're, uh, you know, in the community because then they have more to lose. Uh, don't find a contractor on Kijiji. Uh, that's usually not a good sign. Um, try to get some references for contractors. BCIN designers, if you're doing drawings um, and you're applying for permits and you're doing conversions, you'll definitely need a BCIN designer on your team. Again, there's some great ones. And then there's some that, you know, I probably wouldn't work with again. Um, just, you know, again, you have to build your team. And along the way, maybe five years from now, you might have to replace some members of your team. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. This week's podcast is brought to you by usproperties.ca. Are you looking to invest in turnkey US real estate that provides exceptional cash flow and appreciation? If so, reach out to James at james at usproperties.ca 
or visit the company website, usproperties.ca for more information. And now back to the show. So think about, you know, as you're, you're growing and as you're scaling, building the right expert team is going to be key. They're going to be able to help you really, you know, be successful, mitigate the risks along the way, match your goals. Um, and lastly, a good coach. Um, you know, when I first started in this business, um, I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. And if I can help others not make those mistakes uh, and learn from my mistakes instead, I think that is definitely money well spent. Um, you know, network, network with other investors. You know, they say you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most other than your family. Uh, so, you know, upgrade that if, if they're not, you know, where you want to be. Find others that are similar in mindset, similar in growth, similar in, you know, where they're headed um, and, you know, start spending more time with them. Um, you know, expert teams, again, you might have some more local folks depending on the strategies. You know, for example, um, you know, if I am looking at uh, a property and I am wanting to do a build out or development. So you might have, you know, additional people to have on your team at that point in time. But I won't get into anything because all of that stuff, because I think we can probably talk a whole hour on building your expert team. Um, but, you know, those really are I think your key, uh, your key people to start with, um, based on the majority of the strategies, whether you're doing buy and hold, whether you're doing the burr strategy, uh, and so forth. So, the list there is is uh, is a good start for sure. The number two insight, uh, key insight to being a successful real estate investor for this year and beyond, I would just say learn and educate yourself. Um, and which I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already doing that. But also don't forget to take action along the way. You will learn the most by taking action, making, you know, hopefully they're small mistakes, but making mistakes, uh, growing, tweaking, building your systems, your processes, your procedures along the way. Uh, there's lots of free resources like these podcasts. There's lots of books you can buy. But I think a lot of people have either analysis paralysis or the shiny penny syndrome, or they don't really, you know, have the ability to push themselves to actually take action. Don't forget to take action along the way. Um, calculated action, absolutely. But if you're just learning and you're just educating and you've been doing this for five years, you probably missed one of the best times in the market. And right now, I think we're like, the stuff that I'm buying right now is like 200, 300 less than back in what I was looking at in February. And so there's, a again, I don't know where the market's headed long-term. Long-term, I think it'll be fine. I don't know where it's headed short-term uh, in the next year or so, but I think there's going to be some great opportunity, I think, for 2023, 2024, as everybody is sitting on the sidelines. Um, calculated action, but take action. Educate yourself, build your team, and you'll, and, you know, in the long-term, you'll be happy that you did it. Number three, key insight to being a successful real estate investor is pivoting with the market cycles. And back in, I, think, I want to say it was 2021, 2022, a lot of people were doing some strategies that, in my opinion, um, are more short-term strategies and they're a bit more speculative. Um, personally, again, this is totally my opinion. Everybody's got their strategies, okay? Uh, but personally, for me, I'm not a flipper. Um, I think that is a short-term strategy. If it, you're in a market that we were in in 2020, 2021, you're, you probably did really well. But if you're a flipper in today's market, you may not be doing as well because, again, there's less demand for purchases for properties right now than there was before. 
the in interest rates are a lot higher. The prices are, are lower and they're probably compressing for a little bit longer. Um, so, you know, maybe if you were flipping in the, in the day, you might want to do a more of a longer term strategy in this market, right? We're going in a market of, it's a market cycle. Um, there's always market cycles, but right now we're kind of going downwards a little bit. And at some point we'll go back up and it's just like a big circle, right? You're, you're up and you're down and you're up and you're down. Um, sometimes it takes 10 years, sometimes it takes one year. Um, but at this point, you're going to want to make sure that you're pivoting and you're really focusing on the long term. You know, aside from flipping, I think another risky strategy, and I've never liked the strategy, is uh, the buy and wait and assign strategy just wasn't my thing. Um, again, not saying that you couldn't have done well with it. Yes, you could have, but it's not so much to me, anyways. It's not so much investing if somebody is buying, you know, a pre-construction condo for let's call it seven hundred thousand dollars that they know they're not going to be able to cash flow once it closes or they have no intention of closing and they want to sign the paper. To me, that's a risky strategy and that's more speculative. And it is not something that I've done, uh, not something that I would do. You know, I'm not saying pre-construction is not good. Pre-construction is totally fine, but you've got to be able to close on it and you've got to be running your numbers that if you're putting a tenant in there, that you will cash flow and you don't want to just be banking on appreciation. And that's where a lot of people will get themselves in trouble. Hopefully not you. Um, but pivoting with market cycles, I mean, you know, when we were doing the Burr strategy five years ago, like it was still decent um, from a cash flow standpoint to do two units. And really, ultimately, now, like you need four units, maybe three, uh, if you're buying at a cheaper price at this point in time. But four units to get the cash flow is what you're going to need <laughs> with these rates. Um, and that's the Burrs of today. Uh, you know, taking a house and creating three, minimum three units. Uh, or, you know, pivoting could also be uh, taking a unit and converting it to a midterm or short-term rental strategy. Short-term, if you can, with the bylaws. Midterm, I still think, is a sweet spot where you can, you know, have that. It's like that fun gray area where you can do monthly um, rents and you can still get some good cash flow better than you would long-term. Maybe not as lucrative as short term, but you're not having to deal with the bylaws in, in many markets that don't allow it. So um, I think that's a great opportunity. But pivoting with the market cycles, I think, is important, right? I mean, you know, when you look at it 10 years ago, they're like, okay, pick a location and pick a strategy. I don't think it works like that anymore. You can't. I think you have to look at your overall goals and you need to figure out, okay, you know, here's what I'm going to need. Here is going to be my two, three, or four strategies. Here are going to be my rental strategies. And it's not long-term anymore. I think it's going to be a mix. Um, and being able to add different pieces, different strategies, different rental strategies into your portfolio along the way. And so I think pivoting, uh, pivoting with the time, I think is going to be very important. And that's what we need to do today. Things still work. Deals still can work. Um, but, you know, strategies that may have worked really well in the past or vice versa, likely are different today. So just to keep that in mind, as a real estate investor, to be successful, I think you need to have a good grasp and a good fundamental on many different strategies to figure out which ones you can apply at what point in the market cycle. And um, again, we have a coaching program that we are going to be covering all of that this year. It's going to be one program for all of 2023, but I think it is important for people and you listening to this that you're going to be able to say, I can do this strategy for this because this is what the rates are. This is where we're going to be. I can do a rental strategy for midterm on this property. And the next one might be different, but you want to have the fundamentals to be able to pivot along the way.
So that was number three. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, are you looking for a reliable contractor for your next Burr multifamily conversion or flip project? Somebody who understands how to work with investors and also real estate investing itself. I've personally partnered with Lee Polak from Wise Construction. We're actively doing many projects together in Hamilton and Wellen. So things like smaller three and four unit conversions and also some larger buildings where we're converting some large empty commercial spaces into residential units. And it's always been important to meet a partner and hire a contractor who does not only high quality work, but is on time and on budget. And it's also a huge bonus that they have their own in-house trades, employees and a warehouse full of building materials so that they can avoid the many labor and material shortages that we hear about often these days. A good project done on time, on budget and with high quality work will be key to the success of your Burr multifamily conversion or flip projects. So to connect with Lee from Wise Construction, text or phone him at 416-525-5951. Again, that is 416-525-5951. And now back to the show. Number four, mitigate the downside. So, you know, take a look, I would say, at your your current portfolio. Take a look at your cash reserves. You do want to plan for the eventuality that um, you know, things may not always happen and be great 100% of the time. Um, and so a lot of people that had portfolios, myself included, some of the ones where I had tenants in there for so long that are rent controlled in Ontario in this case, where I can't raise the rents more than 2.5% per year, many of them being variable, which is how I do a lot of my investments is variable rates for the flexibility a lot of them didn't cash flow or don't cash flow. And so you have to learn about different like, financing strategies. You talk to your mortgage broker on how you can mitigate some of that downside, or you might have to buy additional properties to balance out your portfolio that can cash flow, or you might want to take some um, of the vacant ones and turn them into midterm and short term as an example. So mitigate the downside, I think it's just a a good idea to have a good grasp on where your portfolio sits today, where your properties that are, you know, cash flowing are, um, what they're doing from a cash flow standpoint, and the ca- negative cash flow ones too. And what can you do from a negative cash flow? And there's nothing wrong with selling properties here or there, a to recoup some of the cash to redispose it and put it into some something else that produces more cash flow. There's nothing wrong with that. But talk to your mortgage broker, your accountants. Uh, there's obviously tax implications and your lawyer. But, you know, that could be a strategy. And I think, you know, everybody listening to this right now should be having a meeting at least annually with their mortgage broker and your lawyer and your accountant all in one call together to figure out, okay, these are your goals. These are the goals. Here's the portfolio. Here's what's working. Here's what's not working. Um, Is there anything that could be refinanced? Is there anything that could be reamortized? Is there any strategy where maybe selling one and paying off debt and some other ones could make sense? So mitigate the downside, have some cash reserves. Um, you know, again, if you're if you're in hard money and you're doing private money, just be very, very careful. Um, you know, there's things that you may want to be more cautious of in market like today, which maybe means that if you're just buying something to flip and you're doing it with hard money, um, again, a little bit riskier, but just make sure you have a backup strategy that you can refinance and you can hold it and you can burr it instead of a flip as an example. Um, as you can tell, I'm not a big fan of flipping. It's not that it can't work. It's just I prefer 
to go the long-term route and create wealth uh, along many years versus just making quick cash and having to redeploy it in order to continue. So mitigating the downside was point number four of the key insights to being a successful real estate investor. Point number five is thinking long-term, okay? So what is happening today? We're going to be in a different market in two years from now, probably even a year from now, in five years from now, in 10 years from now. And this is, in, in my opinion, this is a great opportunity to buy something at a discount. We were all waiting for this uh, for many years. And many of us who have been buying, you know, like let's just call it in the past 10 years, we haven't seen opportunities, I think, um, and uh, sellers that are so motivated as we are today. And this is an opportunity that many of us were hoping for. And so many of us are still sitting on the sidelines somehow uh, thinking that it's going to go down more. But even if it goes down a little bit, you know, this is why thinking long term is important. Will I go down a little bit? It'll come back up five years, 10 years from now. We'll all be happy that we bought in a market that was probably close to the bottom. Um, you know, prices have gone dropped 20%, 25% in some markets. This is a great opportunity to purchase something, um, you know, that maybe back in the day was 700 and maybe today the same property could have been purchased at 500. Um, and so again, run your numbers and do your analysis, but this is still a great opportunity. Yes, the rates are higher, but your, your price point uh, on entry is lower and your price point on after repair value is lower. It'll probably be pretty equal um, at the end of the day. And once the rates stabilize, the rents, uh, you know, catch up and whatnot, we're going to be in a whole different situation. So think long term. This is not a short term game. Number six, learn the strategy and run your numbers. Buy and hold, rent to own, the Burr strategy, development. Everything has a different way to run numbers, different, um, you know, cash flow opportunities. Learn the strategies. Uh, and even if there are strategies that you don't want to learn, learn it enough that or that you don't want to do, learn it enough that you understand it and you're like, okay, I understand this strategy. For example, like rent to own, I don't do rent to own for many reasons. I don't think it's a bad strategy, but um, you know, I, it's not for me essentially. And I think it's just important that you know enough about it that you're like, oh, okay, I get it, but I don't want to do this because of so and so. So for me, again, long term, uh, I, I don't. You'd like to sell after three years or after five years. That's just me personally. If, again, if you broker it and you've got an investor coming in, holding the mortgage and bringing the money, and then you've got your your tenant buyer putting a little bit of down payment from a cash flow standpoint, if you're not using utilizing your own money and your financing, again, great strategy. But many people look at rent to own and they don't think that way. And they think, oh, okay, well, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to hold the financing. I'm going to put you know the 15% down. My tenant buyer is going to be putting 5% down and I'll make more cash flow, but you're missing out on the mortgage pay down. You're missing out on the appreciation just for cash flow. Again, it could have its spot, but not my strategy for me. Um, but you should know about every single strategy that's out there um, so that you understand it and you're like, hmm, is this going to apply? Is this going to apply now, tomorrow? Do I want to use this? Uh, yes or no. So running your numbers, I think, is also important. Be conservative on your after repair values if you're doing renovations and you're planning on refinancing or if you're you know a flipper and you want to sell. Be conservative on your numbers. Um, if you are doing a buy and hold strategy, again, you know, be conservative on the rates. Um, do, are the rates going to go up some more? I don't know. Are they going to go down some more? I don't know. I think at some point they'll come back 
down a little bit, but I wouldn't necessarily bank on it in the next three months. Um, but learn the strategies, run your numbers, see what makes sense for you. Um, think long term, obviously. Uh, and then number seven, the last key insight to being a successful real estate investor. It's all about mindset. They say that success in real estate investing is 95% mindset, and I truly believe it. It is going to be, I'll tell you, this industry, there's problems, there's challenges. Yes, there's payouts. And yes, you know, you can leave your job. I don't think it's going to happen next year, but you could do it in five years. You can do it in seven years. You can do it in 10 years. There is a way out of a nine to five, but it is all about mindset because you're going to have challenges that come up problems that come up, whether it's property issues, plumbing issues, tenant issues. Um, and so many people have the ability, or I shouldn't say they have the ability, but just get so intertwined in the problems. They get stressed out. They lose sleep. They lose, I don't know, like years and time, uh, patience, you know, with others that they love. So, you know, Find a way to work on your mindset. Find a way to clear your mind. And just keep in mind that this is if this was easy, if real estate was easy, we would all be doing it. Everybody would be doing it. And a lot of people are going to get out, especially in a time like this where things get hard and they may say, hmm, you know what, I'm done. But I think, you know, in order to really be successful, think long term, but it's also about your mindset long term and being able to have the grits, the drive, the determination to keep focus on the ultimate goal, whatever that is for you, whether it's leaving your nine to five, creating income, et cetera. But, you know, work on your mind, work on what is in between your ears, work on, you know, who you spend time with, um, the positivity, the books you read, what you listen to. I think that is all going to be so important and even more so in a time of so much uncertainty where, you know, I would say turn the news off. Don't listen to what they're saying on the news. I mean, right now the news is... <laughs> If you think about it, if you really think about it, it is paid by the government. It's all, in my opinion, propaganda. Anyways, we won't get into the political thing, but, you know, shut the news off. Watch a documentary if you want to watch TV, but, you know, watch, listen to a podcast, um, you know, clear your mind. You know, if people around you are toxic, again, it's hard with family, but if it's your friends and you feel like it's a one-sided friendship, you know, you might want to just reduce the time spent with them. Uh, and focus and spend time around other people that are positive that bring you up. But it is a challenging industry to begin with. And it's going to be a ch more challenging time being in the, this industry as um, many people probably listening to this have dwindled away a lot of the cash flow or the, a lot of the cash flow has dwindled away. Um, but, you know, this is temporary. And so what you do today, what you do tomorrow how you're going to get, you know, from 2022 to 2023 and onwards, you know, this is a chance, I think, for you to to really create something, take an opportunity. And after all, wealth is really created in times like these. Wealth is really, truly created in times of uncertainty, in times of downside, um, the ability to really negotiate, which we never had before for many, many years with sellers, um, you know, and and getting out the other side a stronger person so number seven all about mindset 95 percent of your success in real estate is going to be your mindset so i hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast thank you so much for tuning in don't forget to rate and review the podcast or send me an email sarah at sarahlarby.com if you have any questions and 
If you are interested in our coaching program, we are doing a full year program. There's going to be options for uh, online Zoom, but also for in-person and also some one-on-one stuff. Check out my website, sarah at sarahlarby.com. It is the Real Estate Investing Academy. We are putting in all our resources in that one class. It is going to be an amazing class. And for those of you that have taken classes before, you know how much value and added value we put into these classes and courses. So on that note, check it out, sarahlarby.com and uh, the Real Estate Investing Academy. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.